Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Broadway Podcast Network presents Giants in the Sky, How Sondheim and Lapine Went Into the Woods with me, Ben Rimmelauer. Today's guest, Pamela Winslow Kashani, the original Broadway Rapunzel. Once upon a time. Pamela Winslow Kashani created the role of Rapunzel in the original Broadway production of Into the Woods. She also originated the role of Babette in Disney's Beauty and the Beast on Broadway and appeared on Broadway in Meet Me in St. Louis. Star Trek fans know her as Ensign McKnight on The Next Generation, and she has been a producer on many productions on both coasts, including Hair and Memphis on Broadway. <laughs> great good fortune to grow up not too far from New York City. Mm. So I saw my first Broadway show when I was eight or nine years old. I saw Man of La Mancha wow. and I was mesmerized by Richard Kiley's performance and the set and the experience and the music um, hit me so viscerally. And uh, years later, I ended up going to a summer camp for the performing arts called French Woods. I don't oh, know yes. about that camp. Uh, but I, I became a French woods person mm. and that was my first foray into doing a musical. I started singing in church when I was very, very young and sang in the church choir, uh, which sort of really honed my sight reading skills. I'm a kind of a crackerjack that way and um, was sang alto forever because my <laughs> choir teacher thought I was an alto, which... I mean, if anybody even listens to my speaking voice, you can probably <laughs> guess that I'm not an alto, but I was, <laughs> and I would, I would sing all those, you know, weird, awkward parts and I'd sight read them really fast. So I, I got my musical skills through that. Um, well, those are the hard, choir. I mean, the altos have to have the more uh, musical skill to be able to not just sing the straight melody line. Right. I mean, completely soprano is easy. It's yeah. the melody almost always. I mean, unless yeah. it's some weird, um, juxtaposition at that yeah point. yeah yeah so uh, I went to this French Woods Festival of the Performing Arts and they said oh you better bring some audition music with you I had never really done an audition or anything so I brought the only sheet music I had and I went to the audition for a show mm. called Chicago wow and I sang Oh Rest in the Lord by Mendelssohn <laughs> and I got cast as Cell Block Murderous Number Two Oh my God. 
And which one rest, is that in the um? He he's had the uh, six six wives. Oh yeah. Yeah 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 yeah. So six. she's the Mormon and the six wives and the blah blah. Yeah. yeah. So um, yes, that's how my fate would have it. I realized at that moment in that crazy production of Chicago that I belonged on stage. I was never happier than when I was on stage. I felt like I could be my true self and really feel fulfilled up there. And I came back to my high school counselor in New Jersey and said, guess what? I'm going to be an, an actress. Mm. And they looked at this girl with um, this chubby girl with a terrible perm. And uh, they said, uh, no, no, sweetheart, you, you really should stick with the math. And um, hey, I proved them wrong. Did, did you go back to French Woods the next summer again? Oh, yes, yes. And then after that, I became sort of the leading lady of French Woods for a couple of summers, which what was were all phenomenal. your parts of French Woods. I have. Oh, to my gosh. I did on the 20th century when I was 14 oh, years old. I played I Lily Garland, uh, which was phenomenal. I played Maria in The Sound of Music. Mm. I played Kunagunda in Candide. I did um, The Miracle Worker. I played Annie Sullivan. Great. I was busy. Yeah. And those are all yeah. soprano roles. I mean, not, not Annie Sullivan, but, uh, but right. you, you quickly, you quickly found your, your footing. Exactly. Exactly. And so then it brought me to going to Carnegie Mellon for my musical theater training and the summer, I believe it was the summer before into the woods. I had done Sweeney Todd in Pittsburgh with Carnegie Mellon rep. I played Joanna Amazing. And it was an amazing production. Mel Shapiro directed it. It was, um, it really changed me and forever created a Sondheim fan inside yeah. of me and was so just absolutely in love with everything that he did and was doing. And then found out that there were, there was going to be this Sondheim show. And I was freelancing with an agent while I was going to school. It was my senior year of, of college. Wow. And I got an audition for Into the Woods. And so I flew one way, $19 on People's Express. People's Express. Yeah. The bus of the sky to, <laughs> to Newark, right? And my parents could pick me up from Newark. They were very close from Maplewood. And we would go in, do the audition. And I kept getting called back and called back. Do you remember so where I, the auditions were? I think. Some of them were in 890 Broadway. Yeah, Michael Bennett Studios. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but I and was think it Paul Ford playing ones. for you? Yeah, I think so. And it was Paul Gemignani was there for sure. Um, and I think I think the first preliminary ones were in some just nebulous rehearsal space. Yeah, with Joanna Merlin. Yes, with Joanna Merlin. Yes. And do you remember what you sang for your Into the Woods audition, or was it just material from the show already? I sang Glitter and Be Gay. Perfect. And I was asked to sing a bit of Summertime. This was at my final, final callback. Mm. I knew the song Summertime, but that wasn't what I was um, putting forward. Yeah. And so Paul Gemignani asked me to sing a bit of Summertime, and I did. And then I did the monologue. And as I was doing the Rapunzel monologue... Yeah. I heard this sort of distracting noise in the in the audience. And we were on the Martin Beck theater stage at that point with a ghost so what, light next were to Were they me. already like um, uh, 
had they already done that final workshop? Um, no, no, so they you, had okay. not. They had not uh, done the workshop yet. This was like in April of great. 1987. Yeah. Oh, I love uh, that you know that. Yeah, and uh, I I did the monologue, and there was this noise coming from the blackness of the seats in front of me, and it was none other than Stephen Sondheim literally cracking up. <laughs> did you know it was funny or did you think you were doing a heartbreaking a heartbreaking moment before that oh no i i was working i was working the comedy oh, that good. um i i got the comedy and i i got the, i got the irony of the situation so i played into that Amazing. um and so they appreciated it i could tell audibly and so i was super happy yeah. at the end and I laughed and I reached into my pocket for a dime to find the nearest payphone mm. and call my agent. And I told him, I think I got it. And he said, Oh, sweetheart, they saw hundreds of people. Don't get your <laughs> hopes up, blah, blah, blah. And then sure enough, back in Pittsburgh, I get a phone call and then they send me the contract. And you hadn't even graduated. I mean, my yet. life, I had just, I had just graduated out of oh my a gosh. musical theater program and then I got a principal role on Broadway two weeks later did everyone hate you in your class yes <laughs> yes everybody hated me and they had every reason to hate me it was ridiculous <laughs> any principal role I mean the new Sondheim musical that the new Sondheim Lapine musical after Sunday in the Park with George after Sunday which I did see twice I was able to wow. you know go into the city and get my ticket and see it and absolutely was bowled over by that um, incredible, incredible piece of art. So yes, yes. Uh, they hated me as they should. Well, but <laughs> they I mean, have worth come, it. come around. Good. But, Good. Yeah. Okay. So you got the offer then, and that was for the Broadway production and the workshop. Yes. And a little twist here. Yeah. I was also cast right around the same time as Kay in the Gershwin musical. Okay. Okay. It was my fourth year at Carnegie Mellon Rep. And it was my first time that I was carrying the show. Wow. And it was a big deal. And we were running, I think we had about a seven week run. It was a pretty long run. It was pretty exciting. And I get into the woods and I felt so torn for loyalty to my school and, and all of that. I didn't want to leave all of that yeah. with a bad taste in everybody's mouth. Everybody mm -hmm. was already mad at me. So. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> so I turned down the opportunity to get residuals for the end of time right. and to do the workshop. Right, because the actors I, who did the workshop had a percentage as like a co-creator. Yes. of the show and you wouldn't have that if you didn't do the workshop but they didn't i'm surprised can you, you believe they didn't replace me they can were saying believe? we love you we want you we'll, we'll we're gonna do this it's fine you don't have to be part of it then that's what they did were you scared they, to ask for that i mean i was i was scared but i i guess i at that time at that age i i that was my decision looking yeah. back i think that was probably pretty stupid I mean, did you have a boyfriend in the show or something that you were like, was there some no. immature reason you were staying? No, <laughs> no, just no. loyalty. Yeah, just loyalty. And I wanted to fill, you know, I wanted to fulfill my obligation to run the show. And I I did, and I missed the workshop. And Kay McClellan played Rapunzel in, 
in the workshop, she was Florinda, as you right. know. Right, and I guess she had already done, they had already decided not to double cast it, but she had done it double cast in San Diego, so she knew. That's it. correct. She played Rapunzel at the Old Globe, but they were looking to not double cast yeah. it, but they just thought, okay, for the workshop, yeah. we'll just, hey, we we'll, can do it again. She already knows how to do it, and and so that's how it all went down, and then I joined the company the first day of official rehearsals for the Broadway show. Yes, at 890 Broadway. At 890 Broadway, the first day that I met Bernadette Peters, which, you know, still to this day makes my heart go pitter pat just thinking about the first day that I met Bernadette Peters. Yeah. Uh, I was signing for my equity card that day. Amazing. <laughs> and I was going to the bathroom uh, on a break and uh, there was Bernadette Peters washing her hands in the ladies room and I was literally breathless, didn't know what to say. And I said something absolutely stupid, like you have beautiful hair. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was quite crazy. And that relationship never changed the whole time that we worked together so intimately. I just adored her yeah. the whole time. Yeah. Now your material together, I mean, I know that her... Um, like was Stay With Me even in the show at that first rehearsal? Yes. Stay With Me was in the show, as I recall. Yeah. Already there. But um, not, uh, she didn't have Last Midnight yet. But, no. um, and then like, what, so you said you had done the monologue at the audition. So that scene also was was already there. It was there, but, I, you know, the monologue was, seemed to be, in it longer than, and I wish I had the text of it. I don't have the text of it, but I believe it was a little bit more fleshed out than what ended up in the actual show. Did you have coming, I mean, is this was your Broadway debut and really your first show out of college. Did you have a sense of like, oh, there's going to be a lot of rewrites and we're going to have a preview period and things might be coming in and out? Were, were you prepared for what that was going to be like? I guess my teachers at school kind of let us know that that was kind of the process. So yes, I did know that there was going to be previews and on all of that. Uh, but our previews went on and on and on. They went longer. I think they were extended twice. Twice. Uh, wow. Yeah, I believe so. I mean, I think it was going to be four or five weeks and then ended up six weeks. And then it was like six and a half going on seven. It was a lot of rewriting, especially in the second act. It was um, a lot of work to be done. And now that I write my own musicals and have had this experience in other other ways, I realize it's just part of the process. Yeah, It's that mad, frantic, do everything you possibly can to get it up and get it functioning before you have to freeze it. And they I didn't get in our little world. Had that been written yet at that time? No. But so I, I did watch a video of you and Bernadette doing it at the 10th anniversary, which I was very happy to Yes, find. that was uh, just such a joy. What an experience. Yeah, that is sort of made up for the fact that we didn't get to do it. Yeah, ever. I mean, it's such a great number. And uh, I, I remember when I first got the London cast recording, being so mad that I hadn't gotten to hear you two do it. And then lo and behold, you did. Um, yes, yes. And so it was written for 
the the London production about yeah. six months after we opened. Uh, and I do it in my one person show. Which I will as get to duet. see at the Green Room Party the too. <laughs> and Rapunzel. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, you've got a yeah, yeah. range, I guess. Um, so, uh, okay. Uh, during that period of the, um, well, just tell me more about the rehearsal process. I mean, it must have all just been so um, uh, uh, intense for you having that be your first job. It was very, very intense. And I guess unlike the shows that I had done previously and the Carnegie rep summers that I had had, I, the thing that was different for me is that it really, people were there to work, which that's how it always is. But then after work is done, everybody just dispersed. Yeah, There was no social connection and growing up doing high school theater and all summer camp theater and yeah. college theater, you're such a social network when you're mm -hmm. in a show. And I just was kind of taken aback by that. Like, huh, where's everybody going? What's, what's going on? And I was in a, in a city on my own mm. um, with, without a whole network of friends yeah. at that time. So that was a little. Where were you staying? Difficult. I was living, I first, uh, yeah, I got an apartment on 92nd and Riverside. I was there. And then I moved to Hell's Kitchen on 51st and 9th. And I was there for the By rest yourself? of the run. Well, I met somebody while I was oh, doing beautiful. the show, um, my, who turned out to be a boyfriend of four years. His name was Steve. And I met him, I think around the opening night party time, like end of November of 87. And we became a hot item. Oh, and well, yes. I'm just glad in the eighties in Hell's Kitchen that you, you know, you, you weren't all by yourself. It wasn't, wasn't exactly yet then. Um, yes, yes. And what, but what, I mean, because there was other young people in the cast. I mean, I guess it wasn't Ben Wright and Kim Crosby around your age at that time. Yeah, Ben was younger than me. Kim was about my age, a little older, possibly. Yeah. Um, and everybody was just so lovely. And of course, yeah. Danielle Furland was my dressing room mate. Oh, nice. So we became kind of chummy. And uh, we just had a blast together. Yeah. We well, she so was still fun. in high school that time, right? Yeah, I think she was like 16. She <laughs> wow. was quite yeah. young. Yeah. And I had just turned, I was 21. And I, I think I turned 22 when we were in rehearsals. Yeah. Did you have any regret at that time when you, even just the first week of rehearsal that you hadn't done the workshop? Did you feel behind at all? No, I, I didn't. I, I mean, I... I, I'm just grateful that they still, they didn't fire me yeah. really. Yeah. Um, I was grateful to be there and I'm, I just did my best. And yeah. Yeah. It, it kind of was water under the bridge by the time I came into the room and, and did my Rapunzel thing. Um, and one cool thing was, I think this is the first or second day of rehearsal when we were going through the score uh, we were singing through the stuff and Jim and Yanni said, Pam, everybody called me Pam. Now I'm Pamela, but everybody called me Pam back then. They said, Pam, uh, can you try this an octave up? So it was written, you know, in like middle B flat. And then, so I put it an octave up. Are you talking about the Rapunzel, like vocal? The obligato. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. I mean, so that's 
So that, then that, and then the minute it. I did that, that was in. Yeah. So I apologize to all the rest of the Rapunzel's for, for the end of time <laughs> that you have to now have high notes because I, that's, that's how it happened. It wouldn't be, it would, I mean, it's, I, that's so incredible that that was something that you, uh, had to bring to it and that wasn't the intention already it seems so crucial to it I mean I know I know that's what it, makes her crazy. such a like you know fairy tale ingenue is that that right that like, innocent yeah. quality right that 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 high voice kind yeah. of gives you that yeah yeah wow. isn't that cool that's so cool um and uh the, I mean this is the things and you know of course you would be the one to tell me that I'm so happy to hear that from you um, what about, um, did now, I know that you eventually replaced in the role of Cinderella. I did. Were I did. you also understudying it from the beginning? I was from the very beginning. I was the second cover, I believe for Rapunzel, uh, for Cinderella rather. And Suzanne Douglas was the first cover. She covered yes. Cinderella and the witch. She was, right. wow. Did she have a range? She was phenomenal. And she I think she had done it in, um, she did The Witch, I think the first week of the workshop before Betty Buckley could get there. Oh, wow. Um, but, I didn't but know not, that. But funny, not, I didn't know that she was all both parts. That's a lot. <laughs> That's a yeah, range. it is a lot. Yeah. It's a, that talk about a range. Yeah. Uh, and then she got a movie. She got Tap with Gregory Hines. Oh, cool. When we were just about getting into previews. Mm. and or maybe in the middle of previews somewhere in like October of 87 and because that happened I all of a sudden became the first cover for Cinderella now you had never covered anything before right I mean when would you have been an understudy well I I had I had covered in in college at Carnegie Mellon I had covered covered things but uh, see that's a good training program that they that they, that they had those parts too because that's real <laughs> oh that is real yeah that yeah. is serious especially when you're under rehearsed oh my lord it's just sweating bullets time so but were yeah, you scared I, about I was that or was that rehearsal? just fun to think you'd get a chance to do a different part oh I I thought it was wonderful and fun yeah and, and Cinderella of course has such incredible music yeah and a, a great trajectory a great arc so I was over the moon that I was, that I didn't really understand the amount of hours that meant right per week. Yeah. Once you got into it, that was pretty exhausting to do the show eight times a week and then always have understudy rehearsal and always be in the show. Yeah. Um, so I, but I was young, I could do it. It was fine. Yeah. Um, right. But so I it's almost covered... like you're in previews forever, right? Because you oh, yeah. don't, it, the rehearsal period never, because then they use you. It's not just for your sake to be, um, ready to go on your own role. They're also using you as like the company so they can rehearse replacements in individual parts, right? Exactly. I was called every freaking time. <laughs> <laughs> For the last time, I am not on Ozempic. I made one little joke on this podcast and everybody started calling me out, texting me, calling me cringe, whatever. I really was asked by people if I was on Ozempic. And as I told them, I am not. 
I am just eating factors, no prep, no mess meals, okay? Warmer, sunnier days are coming. Fire Island season is here. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. What are you waiting for? With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. And kitchen time is kept to a minimum. They are ready in two minutes. No shopping, no prepping, no cooking, no cleanup. Enjoy effortless support for your lifestyle. Choose from six menu preferences to help you manage calories, maximize protein intake, avoid meat, or just simply to eat well balanced. Head to factormeals.com slash giantsinthesky50 and use code giantsinthesky50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code giantsinthesky50 at factormeals.com slash giantsinthesky50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah. Because I was too useful to them. I could even <laughs> do Rapunzel in understudy yeah, rehearsal, yeah. right? So... I, I was never uh, not mm. called for understudy rehearsal, uh, but I did get to then the lucky accident was that I got, I got to go on a lot early on. Oh, wow. Because Suzanne was gone yeah. kind of suddenly and they, they, they put me on in the role very early on. I know I, I did it in previews or like right after we opened um, because everybody was exhausted and people were getting sick and all of that. So Kim was out a few times. So I was able to go on and they were happy with that. Great. And so I ended up going on intermittently quite a bit. I was the first cover for Cinderella. So I did go on when she, when, when Kim was on her week vacation and such, I would bump up and then my understudy would come Marin Mazzi. Oh, wow. R.I.P. Yeah. In, in the happiest place ever. What an angel. Um, did she was re- my understudy, which is a shock to me. I, I can't even. Did she um, come yes. in as the understudy right when Suzanne left? It sounds about right. It sounds so the, about so right. She was with I think you early also on. She could cover the witch, too. Right. Yeah, I think I, I heard that as well. So, yeah. um, uh, okay. So then were you in this extended preview period, while they're making all these changes, did you have this confident sense of like, this is the guy that wrote Sweeney Todd. This is going to be, you know, this is James Lapine sending the park with George. This is, they're going to get it. Or was there, were you nervous? Like, I don't know if this is going to work or not, you know? 
Oh, I was nervous. I didn't know. I had never been through this process with this intensity before. Yeah. And I could feel the nerves. I could feel the kind of the panic, but our preview audiences were fantastic. Mm. And we were just getting that New York intelligent audience that was Mm. getting all the jokes, the Mm. wonderful jokes, and um, also getting the gravity of it as well. Yeah. So I felt pretty good that we were going to do all right. And yeah. And then once we opened, it was, gosh, what a thrill, total thrill. I mean, there must've just been like so much press attention and celebrities coming all the time. And Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I met Catherine Hepburn. Wow. I mean, oh my Lord, these people were coming backstage. Uh, it was great. It was great. Dick Cavett was uh, played right. the uh, narrator for right. a while. He was super funny. He had a bunch of famous friends that he would yeah. write in backstage. And um, yeah, it was for a, a New Jersey girl, young kid, fresh out of college. It was it was an absolute personal fairy tale for sure. And when when do you remember when you recorded the cast album? Yeah, I think it was February of 88. So a couple months a after photo, I have a photo of me and Bernadette Peters singing Stay With Me. Oh. And uh, oh gosh, I just cherish it so much. And I remember Bernadette, God, she's, she is such a class act. She always had her cases of Evian wherever she went. Yeah. And she had her humidifier and all that stuff. And I remember the day of the recording, she of course had her cases of Evian being brought and she had her humidifier and all that jazz going on. And of course she sounds phenomenal in the recording. Yeah. Oh God. I mean, that's so great. Evian is like so ahead of the curve. I mean, 87, 88 yeah. people weren't really so much tuned into like bottled water the way now everybody drinks bottled water, you know? Yeah. It was uh, very surprising to me. I had never had bottled water in my life at that point. Was it plastic bottles or glass bottles? I think she had the big, like, liter, tall, thin Evian plastic bottles. Yeah. I, I love, okay. Yeah. Bear with me one more question of the minutiae of Bernadette's <laughs> water. Did she drink it from the bottle or from a glass? I I never saw her with a bottle off stage. Yeah, that she always had it in her little, her yeah. little sippy thing. Mm-hmm. Mm, right, right. Yeah. Um. And so was that your first recording doing that cast album? I think it was. Yeah, I think it was. Well, that must have been exciting. Um, Oh, yeah. Just can you imagine the full orchestra there and this gigantic soundstage room and board? Yeah. Um, And uh, well, and I guess before I was going to ask you about the Tony Awards, but Bernadette left even before you got to that point. When did you know that Bernadette was leaving? Uh, probably like the day after she left. <laughs> oh, really? I mean, I, I, I didn't get any fair warning from her or anything. I, yeah. she just, you know, she contractually, she left. Um, but then I got to the, one of the nice things about playing Rapunzel is I really got to know that actor playing the witch really, yeah. really intimately and spend great time and so Felicia Rashad was just phenomenal as well and and we we really um we, we she really went there 
and stay with me. So it was, um, you know, it wasn't ever going to be Bernadette, but she, yeah. she brought her own personal stamp to it and she was great. And I think Nancy Dussault and I did it a bunch of times. So you were, you were still Rapunzel when Nancy came in? I came back and I oh, think did you I might've been playing and then... Cinderella. I might've been playing Cinderella. Yeah, I definitely have a playbill with Nancy as the witch and you as Cinderella. Right. So did, did you right. not, when, when did you leave the show? I left the show 14 months after opening, I guess. Uh, okay. So that's like, that's like January of 89 or? Yes, or that's, that's exactly right. In January of 89, I went on a vacation and then two weeks into my vacation, I got a call that Kim Crosby got a movie and would I be interested in coming back and playing Cinderella full time? Oh, so you so you had not been leaving. You had just been going on vacation. No, no, no. I was I had left and I was taking like four weeks off. Oh, but I just had officially left the show. Got you. And then two weeks later they said, Hey, you want to come back? And I said, Oh, yes, I do. How wonderful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was great. It was had you gotten to see the show ever at that point? Had I seen the show? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what did you sit out to watch it or when when I did I I did sit out to watch it I think before I went in to take the role of Cinderella um was it amazing to see this thing that you had built like as this fully like alive Broadway show oh are you kidding yeah I mean to be a part of it even now all these years later it just and the reverberations of it yeah, the effect that this show has had on so many people's lives. Yeah, um, it's staggering. So, okay, when you so you went back in as Cinderella, um, did you then stay for the rest of the run of the show on Broadway? No, I did not. I when when Kim had finished her film, yeah, she came back into the role and I oh, left. Okay, and then you came back again to film the video, and I came back again in I believe May of 1989. Yeah, for that two week period. Yeah, to do the show for PBS. I mean, you must have thought that your time in the role was over, and it must have been such a wonderful surprise to get that offer. It was. It was just incredible. So both times I came back were so joyful yeah. and exciting and and different than yeah. the time before. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and a bunch of you had left and were coming back just for those two weeks for the video. That's uh, right. And, um, do, do, was that your first time filming anything for, for the screen? I had done a bunch of commercials. Oh, okay. So I had done some, some on-camera stuff, yeah. but, yeah. uh, as far as something on stage like that, yeah, I don't think no, people, sure. people weren't doing that. No, no, it's become much more common, partly due to the success of Into the Woods that, you know, really became part of the home video market and kids bought the VHS and then the laser disc and then the DVD. Yes, and Blu-ray, exactly. I mean, just over the generations, you know. Um, what... Did you ever do any other productions of Into the Woods after the original Broadway production? I never did. I never did, but I would like to. Yeah, I would have I would have thought you I would have been surprised if you said, "Oh, I played the Baker's wife, I played the witch, I played I mean even, you know, Cinderella or Florinda or anybody." I mean, you know, I could see you anywhere in that show and um certainly now and you know, over the years prior to now. 
um, were there not, were there times that you um, uh, thought about it, you know, when you heard that it was being revived or, you know, doing done in a regional theater or anything like that? Did you, was that a thing? Yeah, yeah. It, it's happened a couple of times, but it just didn't work out or yeah. it just wasn't the right time. Yeah. Um, but I, I would definitely be open to either, I would think, to play the witch or to play the baker's wife would, would make sense at this yeah. point. Well, the witch would be a great full circle. Um, yes. And yes. Uh, do you, um, ha- have you been to see many productions of Into the Woods over the years? Many, 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 <laughs> many. <laughs> and I have to say, I listened to another one of these podcasts and you mentioned that you're Cousin Joshua played Cinderella's father, <laughs> yeah, Irvine, Irvine High. Is that High, right? right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure I spoke to that cast. Oh, and wow. Went to see their show. Yeah. This would have been like 1992 or 1993. Oh, no, no, no. This was, this was way, way further in the future. This was in like 2000. Oh, yeah. No. Joshua's something. probably already 40 by that point. Oh, never mind. <laughs> then I, I missed him. I missed him. But, but they, I, did, even in I the did 90s. speak to the Irvine High folks. That's amazing. So I do love to mentor and yeah. I do get inspired when I'm around young theater enthusiasts so any opportunity I have I go and speak to the casts and they do um they have great questions and I realize how bad my memory's getting I have to write well, this listen, stuff down your, because yours is pretty good yours is pretty strong I mean you know a lot of people were quite a bit older than you at the time of Into the Woods and now it's been so many decades and there's so many questions I have that people just don't remember um it's so tough. I'm curious, when did you start branching out so that, because for people that don't know in your career now beyond being an actress and singer, you also are a writer and I think you direct also, is that right? I'm a composer. Yeah. And I'm a lyricist. I'm a producer and I have, yeah, I produce several Broadway shows with my husband. Our company's Apples and Oranges. A great name. We helped to produce, our first show was Hair, the Revival. Oh, wonderful. A Tony-nominated revival. You, I assume you're a Tony-nominated. Tony-winning. Oh, that, hey, excuse hey, me. Hey. Well, that was a fabulous production, moved from Central yes. Park. Really fantastic. Yes. Mm-hmm. At, am I remembering wrong, wrong, or was it at the formerly Martin Beck? It was. Look at that. It was at the Hirschfeld. Yes. 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 So amazing. Another full circle there. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, we did Memphis. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Also, and in the tradition of Into the Woods, filmed for television. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then An American in Paris. Brilliant. Also. Which was at the palace yeah. where I did Beauty and the Beast. Oh, so, right. Yes. Yes. Right. Beauty and the Beast. Um, and that was um, also Anne Holdward costumes. Oh, I know. God, don't you love her? Yes. Oh my God. Well, uh, she, but she won the Tony her. rightfully for Beauty and the Beast. I mean that. Oh, those costumes. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Also very heavy and difficult to move around yeah. in. But but I, I interviewed feather her, skirt that I, think, I had. Oh yeah. Oh Lord. Absolutely stunning. 
But I don't, I don't think she would have gotten to that beast costume without having done the wolf in Into the Woods. I mean, that's, totally that, agree. that's the progression of, if she told me the term and I can't remember it now, but it's some kind of a fabric with hair stitched into it that's stretchy and breathes. And so I, I don't know, it's like very, uh, you know, uh, uh, cutting edge what she was doing with those, those pieces. Wow, I bet. Yeah, I wouldn't have the the faintest idea where to start there. Yeah, but um, but that's why it looks so cool. I mean, you know, it, that's not that's not like a party city like Halloween wolf costume. You know? Oh no, 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 no. Uh, and uh, I think you know about the the anatomically correct costume <laughs> yes. that first uh, graced the stage in previews and had to be altered. Yes. I mean, it's mm. mind blowing because I remember the first time I saw that video thinking that it was like rather well endowed for like a costume and a show, you know, and to know that that was like not the original like oversized thing that had to be edited is pretty crazy. Oh, yeah, it was uh, definitely all you could think about <laughs> when that scene was going on. Yeah. Uh, is that is it true that like people were like just like breaking because it was so distracting? I don't know because I wasn't on stage at that time, but uh, I think back in the wings, we were dying. Yeah. <laughs> so that before when you were just playing Rapunzel, before you went in, because Cinderella's got more to do in act two, but Rapunzel yes. dies. Is it 20 yes. minutes into the second act? Or? It's about right, yeah. But what did you do 22 years old um, in your dressing room for the next hour? Well, I couldn't scroll on my phone. No. <laughs> right no phone no internet yeah I I would knit I'm a knitter oh Um, wonderful or I would just um be mischievous backstage and social and visit people and yeah Yeah. chillax and all that stuff yeah I love it yeah um and um so okay of all the productions that you've seen of Into the Woods over the years were there any moments you had watching them that sort of made you realize the impact of the show that you had that you had started originally you know what how, when did it even maybe it wasn't watching them maybe it was the movie or the video or something else but you know when did you sort of become aware of what a legacy this was that you created part of you know I think very early on yeah I did uh there was a time when we were in previews we were just about to open and James Lapine took us back to the upstairs lobby of the Martin Beck and gave us an essay exam, (laughs) the whole cast. Wow. And I don't remember the questions, but I think they were like four or five essay questions. And he had us literally write them out and hand them in. And I think that the biggest impact for me is understanding that the giant can be representational of anything and everything all at the same time. And so that makes it so timeless. There's always a threat. There's always an existential threat, a real threat, uh, something that uh, endangers us in ways we, we can't fully express and we don't know the answers to. And so the fact that they went there, I really, I really applaud them for that. Yeah. And I think that's what keeps the show constantly reverberating in people's yeah. minds. 
I, I know I felt when I saw the revival that it felt the second act, which always felt like a departure from the normal fairy tale, now felt just like the actual really true life part that just, you know, in the light of the pandemic and everything yeah. in the world, it just seemed like very real to see these people running around existentially threatened, you know, it, it just, it didn't feel like a, a stretch. It felt just like relatable. Yeah. And with all the mental health issues happening with people, um, younger, younger yeah. people now, um, it's more relevant than ever. I have a yeah. 20 year old son and they look at things differently. Yeah. They, and they take care of themselves better than we did. They they own up to their fears and they they get the help that they need and they they help each other in ways I don't think we we never got that deep we were just musical theater kids trying to get a job yeah you know I mean? yeah um, I think they I think they have it figured out a little better than we do which gives me hope um, you have a twenty year old son and do you have do you have any other kids. I have just the one. When he was little, were, were you excited to show him into the woods? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, he, he was amazed by it. Yeah. And then I was on Star Trek, so that was probably a little more exciting yeah, for him. Yeah, right. You know, his mom right. was on the bridge of the Enterprise. That, that yeah. was cool to him. Well, it look at that. It was cool for a little while. That I mean, that's a whole other fan base that that is great for you to be uh, connected to. Maybe... I hate to say it, but maybe even wider and larger than the the Sondheim fan base. It's true. It, I mean, television just has a wider draw yeah. and science fiction and all that. Yeah. 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 Well, that's so cool. Um, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, it's too bad Sondheim never did like a science fiction musical. He would have been the right person for it. He would have been the perfect person to yeah. do that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, now I'm just, my heart is filled with regret. <laughs> Well, you are a composer and a lyricist, so maybe you I can am, give us I a am. Sondheimian science fiction musical. Maybe your son can consult, you know? Uh, that would be amazing. I have been told that I am a little Sondheim-y in my in my writing, but I wouldn't say I'm super Sondheim-y, but I do, I, I do like my interior rhymes and um, my play on words and like Sondheim, I enjoy word puzzles and things like that. So my brain kind of goes in that direction. So um, when are is any of your um, music on Spotify or people can listen to it or Apple Music or anything like that? It's let's see, Winter Lights is my latest, and it is going to be live again in December. Oh, wonderful! Uh, in Orange County, California, at a science Great. center, believe it or not, it's a oh. theater inside a science center, but it's a science-based musical. A science-based. It's a family-friendly, STEM-loving, uh, young women supporting in STEM. Musical. How cool! Yeah. How cool! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've got to send my my other my my cousin that played. I can't believe I'm talking about them. My cousin that played Cinderella's father at Irvine High. His sister lives in Rancho Santa Margarita and has two teenage daughters. So they should go. Oh, see amazing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We'd love to see yeah. them there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I'll, get, we, I'll get the info from you. We will get the album out probably later this year. We have it all recorded. I just haven't mixed it yet. Oh, yeah. We'll see. That's takes forever. Creator's work is never done. Um, <laughs> But, uh, well, everyone should come see you uh, in New York at the Green Room 42, and they can hear you sing Our Little World, and I assume lots of other great songs tell stories. 
Thank you. Yeah. October 20th is going to be a, a great time. Yeah, this this will be out before then for sure. Um, well, it is so great to talk to you, Pamela. And this is so fascinating. I mean, really, I said the same thing to Danielle, that just the having the, the young people who were just like sponges in the process and, and in fairness, were just younger and are younger now. It's so great to be, I mean, just every question I asked you, you just had an answer to, you know, it's wonderful. I love it. I love it. I made a little list of things to remember to tell you. Oh, can I, I would love to know the list. I told you most of them. The one, the two things I didn't tell you about were ah. the, the times when the set fell apart. Oh yeah, please. Let's hear about that. So in previews, the tower, well, to, to go back a, a minute here. Yeah. Yeah. They were going to build a full length tower full height tower under the Martin Beck stage but they found out that there was a river under 8th Avenue they were going to drill a hole in and the it basement. would just it would just rise up and then right go back down right so they had to be creative so they built this tower that I don't know if you remember it but it would telescope it would twirl and it yeah. would rise at the same time and right. then it would like undo and lock where the window would be facing front and it actually looked very cool doing that, right? It was not oh, just, yeah. not just it was an amazing. And uh, yeah. what a launch to get in the basement, you know, get into the little module there at capsule yeah. and then be, you know, transported up on the stage. It was absolutely great, great to do. But it kept breaking down. Mm. I mean, it it was sometimes it would twirl and then stop at the wrong place, and then the window would be facing upstage, or sometimes it would like snap and it would like get a skew and then uh the curtain would have to go down and I mean this happened over and over and over again so just yeah. wanted to say that that was just some what were the workarounds fun. I mean I know they talk about women that played Elphaba and Wicked that in some shows that are called the no fly shows that Elphaba will just have to do defying gravity like standing on the stage um, yeah I how think did you cope with that yeah, um, they they couldn't really do that with Rapunzel. I had to be in yeah. the tower. Yeah. So they literally had to take the curtain down, you know, and I'm there with Bernadette and the crew guys, you yeah. know, we're just hanging out. We're like, oh, we got to fix this thing. And then they would they would do it. I, I, I don't remember it ever not happening where we would just go back and redo it again and it would work. Got uh, it. Yeah. And as the people talked about, you mentioned um, when Dick Cavett had come in as the narrator for a short time, that he would just go out and like sort of do his Dick Cavett like schmoozing thing. Is that when they talked about the set, was that the set breakdown that he would fill with his? Oh, talk? yes. Oh, yes. Definitely. <laughs> yes. Rapunzel Tower creak and then Dick Cavett doing his spiel. Exactly. Exactly. And then there was another um, ill fated afternoon when. Bernadette and I were upstage left, ready to do Stay With Me. And it starts with the music starting and I scream because I yeah. scream 56 times a week, I might add. Uh, I don't know why I screamed that much, but I guess that was- Did you I have the training the to not hurt your uh, voice in the scream? Somehow, yes. I mean, yeah, yeah. just from the diaphragm and yeah. you know, not not the tension and whatever, yeah. I screamed. I, I, don't, I wouldn't want to scream now. No. Like that. Yeah. I wouldn't risk no. it, but uh, uh, then I was just fearless and I just. That's did. a good scream. Oh, well, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty blood curdling. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, yeah. So I would scream and then um, Bernadette would drag me by the hair 
from upstage left all the way down to yeah. downstage center where there was this just one pool of light. You know, she'd throw mm -hmm. me into the light and then she'd start singing. Yeah. So one afternoon I scream, Bernadette pulls me by the hair and the woods were these panels, you know, they, they kind of moved. There was a queue and then the, they would like, they were on these, um, these tracks and they would yeah. just go back and forth and, and shift and make it, make the scene different. And yeah. they were run by a computer in 1987. So yeah. um, one day she's dragging me and literally there's nowhere to get through the trees, right? Mm. So then she drags me again and I scream. And then we find ourselves we're center stage and there's nowhere to go down stage. So she dragged me again, I screamed again. And then we are like practically up, up stage, stage left. And we realize wow. there's nowhere. And then we're starting to crack up. And then yeah. she like pulls me off stage and the curtain <laughs> comes down. And we're like, um, I guess that scene's not going to happen tonight. Yeah. No, they, they had to reset the whole thing and oh my do the computer and yeah. we had to go back to up, upstage left and, and wow. do it again. Yeah. And uh, how did, did she actually pull you by your hair? How did that work? She did. I mean, she sort of, I would, it was sort of like, sword fighting on stage she would pull and i would my body would go with her yeah so she wasn't actually causing me pain and ripping yeah. my wig off yeah. Yeah. And, yeah yeah um and what about like the like when like he would climb your hair or she would climb your hair um or like when the baker's wife cuts it like is it actually attached to your head during those moments it is not so in yeah. those two moments i yeah. was in the tower yeah and my my wig was behind me and, and draped. So it looked like the hair was my connect, connected to me, but it was connected to a really strong hook um, mm. on under the window. And then would just go over the window there. And so that was the illusion. And mm. then she would yank it. And I would just, of course, my body would pretend. Yeah. Oh, that's so yeah. fun. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'm glad you added that for me. Thank you. And thank you for making a list. So we didn't miss it. Oh, yeah, no worries. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been so great, Pamela. Um, thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Giants in the Sky, how Sondheim and Lapine went into the woods on the Broadway Podcast Network. Look out for episode 28 with Jonna Murray, the original stage manager. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot -E 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 org because only together we rise.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.